What's up, everyone? You're listening to Sincerely Angie Podcast, and I'm your host, Angie. Thank you so much for tuning in, and welcome to my little gumbo pot. Please be sure to rate and subscribe wherever available, and don't forget that you can download any of your favorite episodes for offline listening. You can always find any information needed on today's episode in the show notes. And for further info, such as social media handles like Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, you can visit SincerelyAngieM.com. Hey everyone, it's Angie. You've heard me mention Rakuten, formerly Ebates, multiple times on this podcast. Well, now, instead of them giving you $10 when you spend your first $10, you get $40. So you would sign up for Ebates, click the store you want to shop at, it's going to bring you to that website, and once you make your $40 purchase, you're going to get $40 in return, either PayPal or a big fat check. I've earned over $200 using Rakuten, and it is an online shopper's dream you can get cash back on top of the $40 that you get when you sign up. Who doesn't like free money? I don't know how many times I can say that. It's the holiday season and with COVID and more stores being online and selling products online, why not get cash back for shopping online? You're buying some of these gifts for free, you guys. Link is in the show notes. This is a limited time offer. This won't happen forever. It's going to go back to $10 or $25, but $40 is big. This is a legit steal. Act now. P.S. I forgot to mention, and when you refer a friend, you get $40, they get $40. So click the link so you can get your $40. (laughs) Hey, y'all, it's Angie. Welcome back to Sincerely Angie Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning back in for another episode. Today's episode, as you may have seen by the title, is Dear Empath. Let me give you the definition really quickly, and then I will get into why I just discovered that this is who I am. So on our good, good girlfriend, Google, it says that empaths are highly sensitive individuals who have a keen ability to sense what people around them are thinking and feeling. Psychologists may use the term empath to describe a person that experiences a great deal of empathy, often to the point of taking on the pain of others at their own expense. Now, there's an article right underneath this definition, and it says empaths, Is being an empath a superpower or a super stressor? So I'm just going to read a quick little excerpt of this article and hopefully this can give you an idea of what I'm talking about. So it says, has anyone ever told you that you are too sensitive or too emotional? Do you feel drained when you spend time around certain people? Can you tell when people aren't telling you the whole truth? Do you feel anxious in crowds? When a friend of yours is feeling a particularly happy or distressed way, do you find yourself feeling the same emotions? If your answers to these questions are yes, you might belong to a special group of people known as empaths. What are empaths? Empaths are highly sensitive individuals who have a keen ability to sense what people around them are thinking and feeling. Psychologists may use the term empath to describe a person that experiences a great deal of empathy, often to the point of taking on the pain of others as at their own expense. However, the term empath can also be used as a spiritual term. 
describing an individual with special psychic abilities to sense the emotions and energies of others. This particular article will focus on the psychological aspects of being an empath. There are many benefits of being an empath. On the bright side, empaths tend to be excellent friends. They are superb listeners. They consistently show up for their friends in time of need. They are big-hearted and generous. Empaths also tend to be highly intuitive and emotionally intelligent. However, some of the very qualities that make empaths such fantastic friends can be hard on the empaths themselves because empaths quite literally feel what their friends are going through. They can become overwhelmed by painful emotions such as anxiety or anger. Empaths have a tendency to take on the problems of others as their own. It is often difficult for them to set boundaries for themselves and say no even when too much is being asked of them. Additionally, it is common for empaths to feel drained after spending time around people. Empaths are usually introverts and they require a certain amount of alone time in order to recharge. A study from 2011 suggests that there may be a link between highly empathic individuals and social anxiety. Crowds can feel particularly overwhelming to empaths who are often highly sensitive to certain noises and incessant chatter. They often feel their best when they are surrounded by nature. So I know that that was a lot, but when I started reading it, everything just really started to, it started to make sense about who I am and the things that I have said. And you may have heard plenty of things on this podcast where I have mentioned certain things that I just read. Now on my Facebook, I was just reminded today that I posted on this day eight years ago. This was in November of 2012. It says, confession. I get emotionally attached to others' problems when they tell them to me. I can't help it. I pray for them, but I always wish I could fix their problem for them. And so I shared that memory and I said, dear Angela, you are an empath. You'll find that out in eight years. Just a quick rundown of me. I I would say uh, introverted extrovert like I'm both I love being around people but then I also love my alone time I'm not shy but I don't want to be the center of attention unless it's just me and a small group of people me and one other person aka (laughs) but I am um I am I've never been like the over overly emotional person who cries at the drop of a dime The only way I can get myself to cry is if I watch a movie that I know will make me cry. But to just flat out cry, I think I try to be too strong to do that. I don't. So I find an excuse to cry. I put on a movie that I know is going to make me cry. And that's where I release my stresses or stressors. I am highly sensitive. If you listen to my Dear Signs and Dear Self-Awareness episodes, when I speak about the signs that I see and the repetitiveness of them or just me being self-aware, it's not because I'm bragging or I am trying to make myself someone I'm not. It's really who I am. I have had a lot of time to study myself and a lot of time to live with myself and to just figure out who I am. With me seeing that Facebook post, that was a sign for me that this was the episode that I needed to put out. I wanted to put this episode out for months because I saw a post that asked those questions about, are you this and are you that and does this happen to you? And I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't like large crowds because it's too much going on and I I can't really, 
I'm listening to this over here and I'm listening to that over there and I'm watching this and I'm also being on alert and being aware of my surroundings and so much happens. I just don't like large crowds. I don't like them. I don't go to parades. I don't go to second lines. Um, large parties, I'm usually somewhere at the back watching, or if I'm at a table, I'm, I'm usually somewhere close to an exit. I'm usually somewhere close to where not many people are. If everybody's on the dance floor, I'm probably sitting at the table unless I get pulled out to the dance floor. But for the most part, that's who I am. When I go on vacations, I'll go on a vacation with three to four, five people or so maybe, and I'm on vacation for about five days. After day four, I'm like, I'm ready. I'm okay. I'm ready to go home now. I need to be by myself now. I've been around people for too long. Like, this is too much. Because I'm usually in a setting by myself when I am with other people, when I am no longer around them, I need to decompress. I need to come down. And I remember telling someone uh, about four or five years ago that when I get off work, I, I just need a moment to just kind of come down and I never knew why that was but having a definition or having a word to kind of relate to makes it make sense like knowing that the reason why I needed to come down after work is because the emotions I'm highly sensitive Um, I have someone who tells me that I'm paranoid my mom is paranoid and I do think that I have um, inherited some of her paranoia but I think that it is me being highly sensitive to certain things Whenever someone's mood changes, I I can tell. And then when I confront them about it or tell them that, you know, hey, your your vibe is off, they tell me I'm crazy. This happened literally just last night. So I know that this episode was necessary for me to talk about because the conversation was had literally last night, 12 hours ago. It's 11-11. (laughs) I'm revealing what today is. It's not Monday, but <laughs> yesterday was 11-11. That 11-11 is very spiritual. You'll have to Google what the numerics mean for 11-11. But 11-11 has also taken on this moniker of being like the lover's day or a day for lovers or it means love. But it also has a spiritual aspect to it. Again, you'll have to Google it so you can find out for yourself what that is. I don't want to get off topic and deflect from what I am actually talking about. But the conversation last night was about a vibe change and a shift in demeanor. And then whenever I bring this up, it's always, yeah, yeah, no, that's not right. And I could very well be wrong. But I can sense certain things. When someone is not who they are normally, something has shifted, something has changed. And it's so hard for me to let it go because deep down inside, I feel the shift. I feel the change. And I'm not paranoid. I am not making things up in my head. I literally feel these things. You know how maybe 10 years ago, the whole energy thing really started to come about? Or maybe we all just became more aware to the energy uh, sector where everybody's saying your vibe and your energy. And I have a, a episode, Dear Vibe, but... Those things, like you, it's heavy. And I don't know if you have to be sensitive enough to pick up on how heavy energies are, but it's real. Like, it's a a real thing. It's it's absolutely mind-boggling to me how something that you can't really see, well, you can see an energy shift. You can see it. I don't know if everybody can. I can see an energy shift. I can feel an energy shift. I can feel when someone's vibe is off. And you know how certain people, 
even babies, babies get vibes from people. When a baby is calm with one person but will not stop crying for another person, not just their parents, but just people in general. There is a vibe that the child is picking up on that does not sit well with them. So it's not something that is made up. Being an empath is, I never knew what it was, but now that I know it makes so much, it makes so much sense to me. Back in the day, I mean, I remember my female friends telling me situations about them and their boyfriends or their husbands. And I'm just like, not giving them bad advice, but wishing I could just be put in their shoes so that I could fix the situation and take the pain away from them. Like with my nieces. And this may be why God is <laughs> is waiting for me to get a little bit stronger before he blesses me with kids. Because with my nieces and when my sister calls me to share something that has happened with them or something that, you know, is not right with them, I just want to take on whatever that is and Leave them alone. Like, leave them alone. Give me that. Give me that pain. Give me that issue. Whatever it is, don't don't let them have it. Let them have a successful life. Let them have a peaceful life with no hurt, harm, or danger coming up on them. Let me be the one to take that off of them. Like, I want that. I When I'm listening to the radio, and I know that I've said this before in the podcast, when I'm listening to a, uh, anything, a radio, TV, podcast, anything where I hear an interview that is about to go south, I have to stop listening to it because I feel embarrassed for the person. So when I used to listen to Steve Harvey, and y'all know Steve Harvey is a clown, but when someone would call in and say something crazy by his standards, and then I know he's about to go off on him, I turn the, I turn the station immediately. Same thing with Ricky Smiley. Somebody calls in and says something, and I'm like, they're about to get him. They're, I don't like to hear people being roasted, roasted to the point where it's it's about a, a flaw that they can't change. Like if somebody's talking about somebody's nose or somebody's lips, that's something that they can't necessarily change unless they go and get cosmetic surgery. But they were born that way. And for somebody to talk about it, I feel so sad and I feel hurt for that person because that's not something they can change. Ugh, I'm going down. I'm going down the road that I don't want to go down. Anywho, I was telling my good friend Eric from the I'm Gonna Keep Going podcast, I was telling him about what the next episode was going to be and why I don't always record when I'm supposed to. Because everything that's going on in the world, we have literally been blaming COVID for it, but it's so much more than that. It's the presidency, the election, it's COVID, it's the world is doing a new thing right now. Like everything is new to everybody. So with all of this newness going on, there's a lot of emotions I feel. And some days I want to get on here and record, but I just don't, the energy for me to do it is not there. Like I know what titles I want to talk about. I know what, what I want to say. I have my bullet points down. I have all my notes. I have everything I want to say, definitions, all of that. But I cannot find the energy to get on here and do it because of something else with the world that's going on. Work maybe. And it, you know, I, I have always, you don't know, but I have always been a good listener. People randomly come up to me and they will tell me their whole life story. When I worked at a, in a call center environment and I would talk to people, I would have people who I would sit on the phone with for 15, 20 minutes and they're telling me their whole life story. And I would not, I didn't want to be rude and get off the phone. So I engaged and I'm like, oh, really? And oh, your daughter this? And oh, I'm sorry to hear about that. And really? And how did that go? And 
this was not in relation to the job that I was doing. It's just who I am. I'm a good listener. I go out of my way to help people in need because if I can do it, why not do it? That's how I feel. But this has always put me in a position of pain because I hear these problems that people are having and I want to go out and fix it for them. I want to go and say, don't give them the problem. Give it to me. Let me fix it for them. Lord knows I don't want the world's problems, but this is just who I am. And I know that therapy is necessary to kind of help me to get out of, not really get out. I don't want to change who I am, but I want to master it. I want to make sure that I am not hurting myself while helping others. I am self-aware that this is what's going on. I've always said, you know, oh, I'm a good listener, but I don't really have anyone to talk to. But I also don't really trust anyone enough with what I'm going to say without them saying, oh, you're crazy. And oh, you're paranoid. And oh, you're, you know, I don't want to hear that because my feelings are valid. The same way I listen to people, I want the same in return. And I know that I have people I can talk to. It's just me trusting them with the information that I'm going to give them and that they don't disregard it. And I didn't just spend 15, 20, 30 minutes revealing something so sensitive to me and then you brush it off. That is, it, it, it's a real thing for me. I don't know what to label it. And I've also been told, oh, you want to be in control. You want to be in control of things. And it's like, no, I want to control my feelings. I want to control who I am and I want to control what I allow to hurt me or what I allow to make me happy. But I'm not trying to be in control of everything. I want to relinquish some of the control that I have over my feelings. I want to be a free spirit and be able to not be afraid to tell people what's going on with me. Because when you talk to people, that is very healing. It is very refreshing to be able to say what's on your mind, get it out, and have someone else either give you feedback or just listen to you vent. Dear empaths, if you are an empath, just know that you are not alone. You are not paranoid. You're not overly emotional. Maybe you are, but that does not define you. Your feelings are valid and your heart is in the right place. You want to help people. You want to take pain away from them. You want to fix their situation. And when I have prayed for things, and I notice this is not even off topic. I have prayed for things and the things that I received as a reward from the things that I prayed for, it was because I prayed for it for other people. I said that I wanted a house so that my family can come there if they needed to stay there for whatever reason. And what happened? God blessed me with a house. And when family needed to come and stay there, they came and they stayed there. And in turn, that kind of hurt me in some ways, but it was also what I prayed for. I didn't want a house just for me. I wanted a house for family. At the age of 23, how does that go? It all makes sense, though. It all makes sense. I know I was getting ready to say something about Eric, but I was talking to Eric about what I wanted today's episode to be, and I was telling him, you know, all of these things that I feel and and the ways that I have been and when people tell me their problems, this, and with everything that's going on in the world, I can't watch certain videos like George Floyd And I just, I can't, I cannot watch it. What else do I do? I watch documentaries. I love documentaries. And when I hear a story that touches me and tugs at my heart, I go down a rabbit hole. I don't know if y'all heard my stomach, but I'm not going to edit that out. I go down a rabbit hole of trying to figure out what happened. There was this story about a lady in London. 
she died in her apartment wrapping gifts for someone and her body was not found until three years later. There's a documentary and a movie on her. I believe it's on Netflix or maybe Amazon Prime. I can't remember. But this lady was in her apartment wrapping a gift for Christmas for someone and her body, her bones were not found until three years later sitting in that same exact spot. So I go down a rabbit hole of doing articles like, why didn't anyone check on her? Like, it, like who wants to leave this earth with nobody not checking on you for, for no one checking on you for three years? Like, her rent was paid because of uh, rental assistance. And I, don't, I, I believe she did not have family close by in her, in her um, area that she was living in. But for three years... Nobody reported you missing. Nobody reported a smell coming from, well, they did report a smell coming from her apartment, but no one ever checked on it. But no, no one, like that story just tugged at my heart. And I just, I just wish I knew her or it made me want to check on my friends more. It just, it did something to me. And a lot of things do that to me. Videos I see online, I scroll right past them. I had to tell I had to tell some people who would send me stuff on on social media like, hey, look, I don't like to watch videos with a cop beating on a a person or I don't like fighting videos. I don't like to see my people out there fighting, looking how they look on. on, I don't want to see that. Like it, it it makes me feel some type of way. It hurts me. (sighs) (laughs) Oh, y'all, I don't know what to do with learning that I'm an empath. It just makes it feel better that I to why I feel a certain way. I know that I went all the way around the corner just to get across the street, but I wanted to share this with you all. So if you don't get an episode from me, when I say that I'm going to give an episode, I'm not blaming it on being an empath. I'm not blaming it on COVID. I want to be the best person I could be. My sacrifice, like I talked about last week, I want to be consistent. I want to be here on Mondays or at least once a week. If not Mondays, once a week. I have to get out of my head about the Mondays part. But I want to be that person that is consistent. Things are just really heavy right now. It's really heavy. Like I said in Dear Sacrifice, I'm still blessed. I'm highly favored. I'm not lacking anything. I am blessed beyond measures. But there are some things that just is not right. The election, I was tuned in. When I tell you I was watching the numbers, I'm looking on CNN, I'm looking on MS, I'm looking I'm looking on every possible site to see what is going on. Like I was nervous, I was I was anxious, I was nauseated, I had a headache, I was not feeling well. Like it was it was heavy for me. It was too much because it's like can we deal with another four years of DT? Or do we go in this new direction with a new person and just hope for the best? And I'm like, I want to hope for the best. DT has shown his true colors. We know who he is. But his his reign is heavy. It's a lot to deal with. And all the racist people, they're not going to disappear now that Joe Biden is president. They're not going to go away. But It's going to make life a little bit easier that we're going to have some decency. We're going to have some decorum. We're going to have some decency back in the White House where 
someone is actually presidential and not saying everything that comes to mind. Now, granted, I'm not putting anybody on a pedestal because that's not what I do. You look at my social media, it's strictly me. I don't praise anybody but God. But to have someone who you know is going to bring some decency into the office was such a relief to me. It was a stressful four days or five days, however long it took for them to get that count in from Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania and Georgia. It, it has been very heavy, heavy when I tell you I had a sigh of relief. I had a, like I was able to release my shoulders. I had been tense. This stuff is heavy, y'all. And a lot of people may not see it that way. But for an empath, that's something that I picked up on. It's something that was heavy to me. It's something that I had to go through. I I don't know if I mentioned that. I think I did. I am am seeing um, a therapist or a counselor, but it's not to the extent where I am tackling like childhood traumas maybe. If you listen to Dear Childhood, when I talked about a quiz that I took, I'm not dealing with those things. I'm more so dealing with something jointly like it's something that is a surface level to me but deeper in another aspect so I'm going to have to sit down with someone solo soon and just kind of figure out where where did this come from or how can I master it as I spoke of earlier because I want to be able to not be so deep into it and and I've tried for years and This uh, started a couple of years ago where I started to try and say no to people and I started to, but you know what I labeled it as? I labeled it as me taking care of me and me making sure that my cup is full first before helping someone else's. And a lot of people always reference the, when you're on a plane and they tell you to put your mask on before you help anyone else. That is what I have been trying to do. I have been trying to make sure that I'm not going to go and help this person until I've recorded a podcast episode, or I'm not going to go and help that person until I've cleaned up at home. How can I go somewhere and help someone else when my home or my life is in disarray? So that's what I had labeled it as. But as an empath, it's it's second nature for me to want to help people. So I've I've had to maneuver or work around who I am naturally versus who I want to be. But naturally, if I'm an empath, then I have to just figure out how to master being an empath and still taking care of me first. I hope that all made sense, y'all. <laughs> oh my goodness, I love y'all so much. Thank y'all so much for listening. If you have any pointers, any advice you would like to give me, Send me an email. Everything is on sincerelyangm.com. My social media links, my link tree, everything is down below. You can find everything you need there. And yeah. P.S. As I was editing the podcast, it dawned on me that I didn't really talk about social media and the effects that it has on me. I did talk about the election and I talk about my previous Facebook post, but I didn't talk about social media as a whole and how it affects me mentally. Now, I don't mean anything crazy like I want to do anything silly. I just mean that seeing so much that people post and whether it be emotional or joyful or happy, I feel all of it. It becomes overwhelming. And I remember thinking that when I share stuff that I'll see on YouTube 
or I share stuff that I hear about people on social media who are winning in life and then I'll tell somebody else about it and they they didn't really share the excitement that I felt and it's always kind of like a Debbie Downer because it's like do you understand like look at her growth or look at this and look at that and and they don't get it to the extent that I get it so it's just one of the reasons why whenever I fast and I'm looking for something like I talked about in Dear Sacrifice how you sacrifice one thing to get another thing well when I fast from social media it's also because you know I told y'all I don't post a whole lot but I lurk well because I'm lurking and I'm looking at everybody's business that they're posting I'm digesting all of this like I'm taking it all in and I'm either happy or I'm sad or I talked about how I cannot view any police related brutality or murder videos. I cannot see the fighting and stuff. But from a personal standpoint, from the people who I know and love, when I'm seeing them grow and do great in life, that is, it is such a a high for me. I get so excited for those things. But also when they post that someone they know has died or someone they love has died, when they talk about a loss that they had, some type of loss of a house, of a um, job or anything, it's just like, how can I help these people? How can I do something? And so I have, I've had random moments where I would just cash app somebody something. If I saw a post where they're asking for something, you know, so it's, it's one of the reasons, it's another reason why I do the social media fast because sometimes it's just too much. And then if we go back to Facebook days when I used to be on Facebook, thank goodness for Instagram. It Not that it's that much better, but Facebook, you have people lying for absolutely no reason. Same thing with Instagram. I mean, it's social media. You People are highlighting certain areas of their lives and not the full story, so you see these things and it's like, you know, I do know you're in real life and that's not, that's not your story. You know, that's not, that's not real. And that bothers me. So it's like, mm, I just want to tell them that they don't have to be anyone online. They just need to be themselves and they don't have to put on for anyone online. They just have to be themselves. But it, it just, it, that's another thing that I realized or another thing that makes sense to me why when I do my fast from social media, it's hard because I'm detaching, but it's also refreshing because now I don't have to see everything that everybody is doing and I can relax and I can be calm and I could just enjoy life. So yeah, <laughs> that's my little PS. Bye y'all.